I'm your main man, Kevin Avery. In the house with us tonight, we got Smooth, a.k.a. Larry. We got Will. We got JD. So, you know, we're running that cover for tonight. And tonight, we're going to break down the week one and highly anticipated matchup against the New York Jets. Uh, we're going to take a look at the Panthers um, defense versus Jets offense. And then Panthers offense versus Jet defense. And then we're going to let you fans have a Q&A session with us where we answer all of you guys' questions here. So, hey, I mean. Throw me your AK. Throw me your AKA Big Smooth, man. Oh, okay. My apologies. Let, let, let me do the ring. In the building. You heard? It's week one. Big Smooth. Let's get it. Big Smooth. You know what I'm saying? In the house. AKA Lawrence. AKA Larry. AKA Offensive Line Mastermind. How about that? AKA your girlfriend's favorite side, dude. Okay. <laughs> no. Side piece 2.0. I hear you. So, but anyway, let's get it in. So, tonight, first part here, we're going to talk about the Panthers' defense against the Jets' offense here. Um, break it down. You know, we've been looking at the different matchups for a while now. So, let's just hop right to it. Start off with you, Will. Will, when the Panthers' defense line up against the Jets' offense, uh, what do you see? What do you see um, when when we when we line up with these boys? But first and foremost, it starts with Zach Wilson, the rookie quarterback. Uh, you know, I think he's a question. He was a question mark to me coming out because he came in uh, last year. I wasn't really impressed with the competition he played. He had a one game against Coastal Carolina, best team he played all year, and he struggled. But, I mean, you can't take nothing away from the kid. He came out in preseason and looked phenomenal. I mean, he was one of the best rookie quarterbacks out there other than Matt Jones. I mean, there's arm talent, undeniable. He can make all the throws. Um, you know, he's going to extend plays. So you got to be real disciplined on the back end. So, I mean, it's going to be a challenge, you know, see what this rookie has. I mean, he, I think out of all the quarterbacks in this last draft, he probably had the most impressive arm talent out of all of them. So that, that'll be a, uh, the biggest challenge off the bat. Uh, their offensive line, I'll let you guys talk about that more, but I think they're a solid unit overall, but still pretty young. I mean, Barrett Tucker is still a rookie. The Kai Beckton's in year two. I know Greg Van Roten's a vet. We're all familiar with him. And on the center, right tackle, I think McGovern's pretty much just the average middle-of-the-road type center year to year. Other than that, I mean, the receiving core, uh, Unproven, but talented. I think Corey Davis never really lived up to his draft status, but he's a nice big target, good athleticism, you know, 50-50 ball getter. I can see him being Zach Wilson's number one receiver. Um, Elijah Moore is a very explosive player, rookie, coming out of Ole Miss. He's a guy to keep an eye out on. Uh, Jamison Crowder is hurt, I believe, so he's not going to be playing this week. So I think we'll see a lot more of uh, Denzel Mims, probably, or even... The other guy they got from Jacksonville, it was um, Keelan Cole, another uh, playmaker they got. So if you look at the offense, I think they're still young. They have talent, but I don't think it's anything that our defense can't handle. I think the matchup to watch will be Brian Burns coming off that edge against Makai Becton. I mean, two guys who could potentially be pro bowlers, all pros at some point down the road in their careers. Uh, the interior uh, matchup with Barrett Tucker, Derek Brown, that's going to be something to watch. And then we'll see how our rookie corner does. I think uh, Corey Davis is a solid first-game opponent for J.C. Horn, you know, big target. 
and Dante Jackson, who have his hands with um, Elijah Moore. He's typically struggled with those quicker receivers that get those good releases. So I think they'll give us a good challenge. But overall, I like I think we match up very well with this offense. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, you know, the things that you were saying about, especially with the uh, skill player matchups, is definitely, I'm one excited about, yeah, I'm a trench guy, but you know, a lot, lot of our fans sleeping on these Jets, and I think that's a big mistake. Uh, these, this, this is new, they knew, but um, I, I definitely think that this, the Jets have a coaching staff that's more confident that's going to be in a position to win. I mean, they come in and lose. They got nothing to lose. Nothing is expected of them, so I definitely expect them to put up a hell of a fight and give us all we can stand for. Uh, this coming Sunday. J.D., talk to us what you know. Just looking at this group, man, you look at this wide receiver group, there's a lot of size and speed, but you also have your shifty guys. I know we mentioned Jamison Crowder not playing, but Braxton Berrios is a slot um, a slot receiver as well. But um, I think what's going to test us the most is that um, we're gonna have we're gonna be facing boundary guys and we're gonna be facing big guys that can also work the slot look at Denzel Mims, guy that can go run and go get it. Um, you look at Corey Davis can place in the slot too. Keelan Cole is a shifty guy. Um, even even behind Keelan Cole, you have Elijah Moore. They just drafted. I think he was the best route runner in college football last year. So uh, all these guys and our our young corners are gonna have to step up and bring that dog and 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 match that intensity. Uh, you can't. You can't uh, play down to the level of, of wherever you think these guys are at because they will go run past you. But I think the the more um, thing I'm focused on is our run fitting against uh, Tevin Coleman. We know what Tevin Coleman can do against us uh, and, and the young linebacker group. Um, you look at Jermaine Carter. He's the Mike now. He's starting Mike. So, um, and we're going to be a multiple defense as well. So it's like, how is this all going to fit together in? Uh, you can't you can't come half stepping against Tevin Coleman and Michael P. Ryan because they will run through your face straight like that. So I think this is going to be a, a good um, intensity test for our defense, to say the least. Yeah, I mean, definitely intensity is is going to be the name here. I mean, you think about a a guy like you know Robert Salai. You know, one of the things I remember watching him the last few years on the Forty Nine sidelines. You know, the guy's very animated, very high energy, very high strong. So, I, I think his team is going to be a reflection of him. You know, by him being, um, uh, you know, I'm a, a minority coach. You know, getting this opportunity, I definitely think he wants to let his identity, who he is, be a reflection of us on the field. So, uh, again, folks, don't just think. New York Jets chalk it up easy win. These boys are physical. They come down here with, with no pressure on them whatsoever because there's no expectations. And um, they come down here to to uh, get a win. So um, we got to be ready. Big Smooth. Them trenches. Hey, so you know uh, Big Smooth care about the trenches. That's what I do. That's what I study. That's what I try to emulate when I speak to y'all. I want to I want to show y'all what life is like in the trenches. So, first off, if it were me as the GM of the Carolina Panthers, my offensive line will look a lot like how the Jets' offensive line is starting to look now. Makai Beckton was high on my list. Vera Tucker was high on my list. Van Roten was a guy I wanted to re-sign. So, right then and there, you got three pieces that can help you come together and put together 
a really good offensive line. So our, our front seven is going to have their hands full for four quarters. Um, I think the advantage is still us. Derrick Brown needs to be as physical as he can with Barrett Tucker. Um, if you look at Barrett Tucker's tape, it shows that when guys do get physical with him, it takes him a while to match that intensity. So I think early in the game, Derrick Brown will be an asset for us. Moving forward, Makai Beckton, a guy that I love, I wish he was a Panther, he still struggles against the speed rush, mainly because of his athletic, his athleticism. He's a huge guy. Um, he's had some little, a little bit of weight issues. I think if you want Brian Burns or Mr. Reddick up against him early in the game, the speed rush will be an advantage for us. So when it comes to getting after the passer, I think we're going to be fine if, you, if you're attacking that left side. We do have to have an emphasis on, on the run game, though. If they attack from that left side with Beckman and Barrett Tucker, we, we have to make sure we, we maintain gap discipline. Discipline. We got to go straight at those two guys alone. If it comes to a DT, if you got to take his knees out, take his knees out. Just to free up our linebackers because I think what they're just going to try to do is run the ball. Everybody's talking about Zach Wilson, rookie quarterback. He won't be swinging around the field. I think they're going to try to get at us, get at us with the run. Um, Tevin Coleman has always had a good game against us. So a lot of people looking at them passing the ball. I think we have to stop the run. That's going to be the first key of the game. Secondly, I see we match up pretty well against their receivers. If you look at Elijah Moore, 5'10 receiver. J.D. pointed out he's a great rock. I think Dante Jackson comes into his own this year. He owns, he owns it on his ability. He can keep up with that guy. He can match up on him. It's going to be a good matchup to watch. Secondly, Corey Davis is 6'3". We brought J.C. Horn in for a specific reason. He better match up and shut him down. It's week one. It's time to get W's. So he's going to have to match up with him and shut him down. And we match up well from our DBs to their receivers, from our, D, from our, our, our defensive line, to the offensive line, but we win in those two categories. That's the W on Sunday. That's all I got to say. I'm ready for football. Yeah, one thing I think we got to also make sure of is on that back end. We're playing, especially in zone coverage more so. Got to be very disciplined with your zone assignments. You can't get running in another guy's, goal, another guy's zone. You can't keep your eyes on Zach Wilson and watching him and what he's doing back there when he's under pressure. Because, man, if a safety's out of position, and Zach Wilson's on the run, there's no position where he can't make that throw. I mean, he can throw falling back off his back foot, you know, and sling that thing and find open guys on these broken plays. And I think that's my biggest concern, really, this week is those off-schedule plays that Zach Wilson has the ability to make. So, really, you know, cover, you know, you guys got to stay in your zone. You got to communicate that in the back end, make sure everybody's where they're supposed to be. You know, he's going to extend plays. So, I mean, it's just something... I think, you know, that's one thing we just got to look out for. You know, those broken plays when he's running around, trying to find somebody open, get eyes get caught in the backfield, receiver goes running wide open through that zone defense, and all of a sudden you just give up a play on a broken coverage. So that's something we got to be – safety's got to be real disciplined. You know, we're a little young back there. Jeremy Chen's going to be playing free safety for the first time as a pro. So that's something we got to look out for as well. Yeah, I mean, we definitely can't get caught with our pants down. And we're used to talking about how, you know, Zach Wilson, 
how he is when he's um, off schedule. Well, damn it, that Panthers pass rush better be on schedule for real. Like, uh, you know, I'm I'm liking our matchup um, on the edge particularly. Um, you know, I think it's going to be a battle, but I like the idea that when we're in the 30 front, you know, depending on, you know, if they go base personnel, because I, one thing I'll, I've kind of studied on is that they're running a lot of, so far they're running a lot of 12 personnel. And t- for those, you know, who's not familiar with it, 12 is uh, one running back, two tight ends, two wide receivers. So with that, I think we're going to match up a lot in our base personnel. And if we take it for what it was worth in the preseason, our base this, uh, our base defense has been a lot more of the 3-4 than the 4-3. Now, the cool part is with our, with our personnel, because of the flexibility of our players, we can keep the same players on the field and do either alignment in a base. I think, you know, I think that's accordingly. You know, when we're in a 3-4, I think that, um, you know, what I saw was uh, Daquan Jones at the uh, zero technique over the center. Um, Derek Brown was at the three to five technique. And Morgan Fox was also at the three to five technique. Hassan Reddit, Brown Burns on the outside. And um, Jermaine Carter and Shaq Thompson on the inside. And then when it switched to the four three, uh, Daquan Jones and Derek Brown were in the middle. Morgan Fox. Uh, slid to the outside, if I'm not mistaken. No, I think he can't. No, no, I mean, I think he may have came off. I think Brian Burns and um, Hassan Reddick were were down at the ends, and then we got uh, Shaq Thompson, uh, Jermaine Carter, and um, what's the other person's name? What's the other linebacker name, JD? Oh, uh, you talking about Frankie? Yeah, Frankie Louvu. Yeah, I think we'll see. I think we'll see him you know, more in, um, in the 4-3 look as well. So um, I think that'll be the only trade-off is Morgan Fox for Frank, Frankie Lovu when we go to the uh, go to the 4-3. So, um, you know, if they're going to be coming out in base 12 and trying to establish a run like Big Smooth said they would be, I, I, I like I like how we stack up against them myself. So, you know, we just have to see. There's, there's nothing scientific about the trenches. You know, it's, it's just pretty much all about leverage, footwork, Hand eye placement and and basically you know keeping that movement going. So I'm I'm definitely looking forward to uh, seeing how we match up and what different type of personnel groupings they put out and and how we how we match up against them. Big thing here is gap discipline because their offensive coordinator is Mike Lafleur. Where does he come from? San Francisco. Who's San Francisco's head coach? Kyle Shanahan. What does Kyle Shanahan love to do? Outside zone, inside zone. So, you know, when we played against Atlanta, think about those outside zone plays. He used to run with Tevin Coleman all the time. Guys get out of position, over-pursue. Kevin Coleman hits that cutback lane, gone. 40, 50-yard games. You know, San Francisco, we played the 49ers in, what, 2018? It was Tevin Coleman, Moser, those guys. Zone, zone, zone. You know, they were misdirection, all kind of misdirection to get Luke Keekley out of position, moving our linebackers around. Guys weren't in their gaps, finding those cutback lanes, hitting them straight ahead. And they just gashed us like that. So I think you got to be real. That uh, gap discipline is going to be real key. I think they're going to come out and try to establish the run early. That's what Kyle Shanahan offenses like to do. And he's very creative. Got a lot of different variations at outside zone, that inside zone, the split zone. They're going to run that all day long. So I think the first thing we got to do is win on first down and get them in that second and third and long situation so that pass rush can get 
after Zach Wilson. If you let them stay on schedule and just kill you with that zone, Tevin Coleman's going to pop one, and that's when he hits you with those daggers late in the game. <clears throat> yeah, the way you stay on schedule and you you stay ready is with, with a rookie, especially with a rookie quarterback. You try to run the ball. I don't think I'm giving anybody any any type of knowledge that is foreign. They got a young rookie quarterback. I don't care how he looked in college to get him acclimated. They're going to try to run the football early. They got to have success with that because you don't want to put pressure on the quarterback so early in his career. So I think we can stop them on first, second down, put them in tough third down situations. It's going to be a problem. The way you do that is with the matchup. We have to win those. Derrick Brown has to be better than Greg Van Roten. Uh, Reddick and Burns, they have to be better than Makai Beckton. And our front seven as a whole has to be aggressive. Be really, really, really aggressive against a young rookie quarterback in his unit. We should have no problems. Like 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 Trent was saying, you get after them early, you should have no problems beating the brakes off. Yeah, I, I definitely want to turn, you know, this I want definitely want to turn the Jets in a one dimensional and, and for Zach, Zach Wilson his first game to drop back like 40 times. You know, that's that's what I'm looking for to do. I, I I want our defensive line to tee off. You know, getting that ass early and often. That's that's what I'm looking for. Uh oh. for that's <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I um uh, you know that's what I'm. Um, that's what I'm saying. But yeah, definitely gotta, definitely gotta stop the run first. What's what's a rookie quarterback's best friend? A running game, a good tight end, and a strong defense. So I definitely think the opportunities are there for us. But we we got to play consistent. We we can't just do good for a little bit and then give up because they're gonna keep coming. We we got to put this rookie quarterback where he's got to think think and react faster than he's ready to, and we and we just gotta be ready to pounce. I think opportunity is gonna gonna be there. So. We'll see. Right. And another thing you like to see from the Shanahan offenses, which I'm sure LaFleur is going to try to do once they establish that run game, it's going to open up play action. That's the easiest pass for a quarterback because it's for one read play. So once they establish the run, they're going to try to work off that play action. And then he's got some, I mean, they're not great, not big name weapons, but he's got some receivers that can scoop and make plays. So I think stopping the run is first and foremost this week. You want to make Zach Wilson one-dimensional. You want to see second and 13 instead of second and five. You want to see third and 15 instead of third and three. You know, have them get them in must-pass situations so you can pin your ears back, get after them. You still got to stay disciplined because, you know, they're going to have that screen game as well. But I, overall, man, I like our chances. I think we can control that line of scrimmage up front. I like the addition of Daquan Jones. Uh, the two rookie D tackles play very well in preseason. So we got a good D tackle rotation to keep all our guys fresh. And I, mean, I think we'll come out, do a good job, set the tone, and get this W. Yeah, fellas, I, hey, I, that's just pretty much it. We, we got to set the tone, put that stranglehold on, and execute for four quarters. Don't let up, don't take the foot off the brake. So for this next segment, we're gonna flip the ball around. We're gonna flip sides here. 
This time, the Carolina Panthers offense versus the Jets defense. And for me, you know, when I first think of this matchup here, I'm, I got some concerns, but I see some golden opportunities as, as well. I, 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 really like, I really like the different options that we're going to bring to the table. If we, if we truly kept it vanilla in the preseason, and, and Joe Brady is going to, you know, show what he learned from his 2020 season offensively. Uh, I'm definitely in, encouraged to see what's going to happen. But, J.D., let's start off with you. When uh, Panthers get the ball, and it's, it's their turn to go get some points. Uh, how you see us shaping up against this uh, New York Jets defense? I'm I'm concerned about the red zone again um, because if if you've been listening to our podcast, we've been saying if there's one space in the on the field that you can't uh, be passive in, it's in the red zone because you have to make your own space. You have to move guys off the line, and uh, obviously the 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 offensive line has showed us that we are um, we are uh, especially in the preseason we we're, we're still we still have questions there. So I think. I was cons- I'm concerned about that, but I'll let the trench guys talk more about that. As far as skill positions, um, one group I'm watching for this game, um, specifically tailored to the weaknesses of this defense, um, is the tight ends. Because I'm looking at the linebackers, I'm looking at their nickels, um, and I'm not convinced that they're all that great in coverage. You got Hamza Nasriel in there. He ta- he played a little bit of safety at um, FSU, but. He's a rookie, I believe, and you have Jared Davis dealing with the ankle injury. Um, Watch him about FSU. Hey, I, um, I don't think he liked that. Honestly, I think I think he's more of a linebacker, but he's gonna try to match up against uh, our tight ends. And look, if we're gonna carry four tight ends, we better use them. Uh, that's all I'm gonna say. Because look, we we thin at wide receiver, shy out, David Moore cut, Trent Cannon cut. It's like okay. So so what this what this group gonna do um in the intermediate game? They got they gotta bring something. And I think that's something we can watch uh come game day. I guess y'all want me to go next. Um I'm particularly looking at uh Quentin Williams against our interior offensive line. I've seen growth when it comes to our trenches, I've seen growth from a variety of players, uh, especially Cam Irvin. To me, he's put together a good four straight series of good football. Um, he makes some mistakes. He hasn't learned to really finish blocks in, in whatever year he's in. He's still not finishing blocks the way I want, but he still, when he came in, I felt like he wasn't even formidable, but he's formidable now. You look at Taylor Moen, he's been Mr. Consistent Moen since he's been in the league. So I'm not too concerned about our tackles in this game, but I am concerned about the interior. And I think they have an advantage. When they when they Quentin Williams, he was a guy that four man rush was talking about trading for. Like that's the guy that you want to have in your locker room. So their interior defensive line versus our interior offensive line, I think they do have an advantage. Um, I think that's gonna be tough on Sam Darnold because that pressure is gonna come right up in his face. I'm just looking forward to seeing how Joe Brady is going to scheme around that. Is it going to be a lot of quick throws? Is it going to be a lot of outside runs to the to the six and the five hole? Who knows? But if I have any concerns about matchups wise, them versus us, I think they have an advantage when it comes to their interior D line versus our interior offensive line. So 
It's time for us to man up. That's really what it comes down to. I'm not going to ever talk about the secondary as far as opposing defensives come because I believe in DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, and Terrence Marshall so much. I think that every single week this season, one of those three guys will have an advantage. Whether it's all of them, one of them, two of them, every single week this season, one of our top receivers is going to have an advantage. So it is what it is. And then when it comes to 22, 22 already showed you he can run against anybody. So as long as our offensive line gets things together, we get aggressive. If you look at, I know Kevin rags on this guy a lot, but Pat Elfling, when you look at him and Cam Irvin together, when they actually combo block, when they actually be able to be aggressive, they actually are solid in the run game. I've seen them combo block three and five techs up to the second level and get to a linebacker. So we can run to the left side all we want based on what they show me. But we gotta get we gotta put we gotta put this offensive line, each of those five guys in positions to be successful. Everybody's familiar with Dennis Daly. You know what he does best. He, he's a mauler. So I think what we're going to try to do is the same thing the Jets are going to try to do. We're going to try to run the ball early, get some success, put Sam Darnold in situations where third downs are manageable. At the end of the day, this is a get-back game for, for Darnold. He wants to have a great game against this team. So I think Joe Brady and them are going to try to do that. They're going to try to put him in a situation where Sam Darnold can have a great game. Things are going to come easy for him. And that's going to be the best. For us. Somebody posted in the comments one touchdown score 28 21. No. I think we're going to beat them by at least three scores. I think our defense is that ready where we're going to come out, shut them down early. We're going to be rushing after Zach Wilson for the rest of the game. And I think we're going to really blow them out. My prediction 28 7. Wow. 28 7. Man, I like that. Yeah. And anybody got the Panthers defense on fantasy would love that one. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Kev, at the end of the day, when the last time we had a real home game? There's no COVID, no COVID restrictions on this one, nothing like that. We're going to have a full house and be away on game day. You can't be more excited than that. We got to come out and spank them. It's the Jets. I know they got better, but it's still the Jets. It's the Jets. This is supposed to be a get-back game for us. This is supposed to give us all our momentum moving into the season. We've got to speak the Jets. we got to. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, just from the temperature, I, I would hope that having a year away from Bank of, Bank of America will, will have our fans thirsting to get up in there and, and pack the house uh, remains to be seen. But I, I will say this, for that last Thursday, um, or the last Friday night preseason game against the uh, Steelers, it was way more people in there than I thought it would be. So I was saying to myself, like, hmm, you know, I wonder if, you know, is it because the tickets were cheaper or what? But it, it was just good to see a, a solid-sized crowd in there um, more than typical for a preseason game. But uh, y'all know me. I'm being session 550 like always. It's supposed to be about 90 degrees gonna be some humidity so hey it's it's, it's gonna be hot so that that rotation especially on trenches is gonna be important key guys fresh and hydrated but man i'm 
I'm looking forward. I hope we pack the house and, and start creating a, a home feel advantage for once. Um, I, I better not hear no J E T S Jets. I better not hear that bullshit. I better not hear it. <laughs> I, I am one not to hear it. Man, so Will, what about you? What's your eyes see when whenever the um Panthers offense is on the field against this Jets D? I think the Jets, we think about who their coach is, Robert Salad again, another guy from San Francisco. So they basically gutted San Francisco's coaching staff and probably gonna try to create that same culture there. When you think of the 49ers defense, what do you think of? Strong front seven, pass rush, heavy zone on the back end, and then they get after it. And I think you're starting, when you look at that roster, I look at them as an incomplete defense, but you can kind of see the pieces being put in place to try to recreate what he had in San Francisco, right? You got Quentin Williams, who we already talked about. You got Fadu Kazi, who was very underrated player. I mean, watch some of his highlights. He was he was pretty uh, a standout player on a terrible team last year at the D-tackle position. Uh, Sheldon Rankins, we should all be familiar with him from the Saints, his days in the New Orleans Saints. So they got a good D-tackle rotation going, and I think the interior offensive line is the weak link of our offense. So that's kind of where my concerns are going into this game. Uh, their edge rushers don't really scare me. Their best player was uh, injured and earlier, and he's out for the season, but they did trade for Shaq Lawson from the Texans. So he'll, he's not on that depth chart yet. They probably just haven't updated it. But that's a guy, I mean, he's solid. He went to Clemson. He'll be the guy to look out for. Uh, C.J. Mosley is a stud. He's just been hurt. So, I mean, don't sleep on him. I mean, remember him in the Ravens? He, I mean, he bangs heads. So, he's a headcracker. So, don't um, sleep on him by any means. He's probably the best player on that entire defense when healthy. Uh, their safeties are very good. LaMarcus Joyner is a guy that can step in and play nickel, very versatile. He can also play, has the range to play free safety as well. And Marcus May, he came in the league with Jamal Adams, so he was kind of overlooked, but he's a dog in his own right. I mean, just watch him play. So I think those are the strengths, their safeties and their middle linebacker and their defensive tackles. The weakness to me is at cornerback. I think they have the youngest cornerback room in the league. The guys between all their corners, they have nine, nine combined NFL starts between all of them. So a very inexperienced cornerback room. I don't even think Robert Sala has even named the starting cornerback opposite Bryce Hall yet. So, I mean, there's a lot of question marks in that cornerback room. So what we're going to expect with a team with young, inexperienced corners, we're going to be playing a lot of zone. They're going to rely on their front four to get pressure. They're going to try to stop the run. They're going to try to play soft zone, not give up big plays. So the key for Darnold this week will be take what the defense gives you. You know, take those quick passes, let our guys we got guys that can make plays with the ball in their hands, get yards after the catch, move the chains, long sustained drives, and finish in the red zone. They're not, I mean, when you have your opportunities, you know, take them deep. But I just think with this young cornerback room, they're not going to be taking a lot of chances with those guys. They're going to try to make their life as easy as possible. Cover three, cover four, a lot of off coverage. You know, and they know Sam Darnold pretty well. So force him to just, you know, check the ball down, take the easy passes, and hopefully – they're probably hoping that he's going to try to force something downfield in the coverage so they can make plays that way. I mean, with that said, though, I mean, just because they're young, I, they are still very talented. Uh, Bryce Hall, for example, I think would have been a top 15 pick, but he had a tragic injury his senior year at Virginia. But the guy, he's a big corner. I mean, what is he, 6'3", 6'4", 215 pounds, something like that. Yeah, a big physical corner. So... 
you know, the, with the way they got him in the draft, he might be a steal. He doesn't have a lot of experience, so he may be subject to some mental errors, but don't get it twisted. He's very talented. Uh, get Javelin Gidry, the nickel, the guy can fly. I think he ran a low four, high four two or low four three forty. He was one of the fastest guys at the combine. It's kind of undersized, though. But, you know, he, he, I mean, he can move. He can scoot as well. And I think their other corner position, it's just a tragedy. They don't have anybody there even booked as a starter yet. So I think we'll have some opportunities to make some plays on the perimeter against these young corners. So we can give Darnold the time, you know, whether it's Marshall, Robbie, or DJ, whoever lined up outside as that X receiver, that Z receiver. They have a lot of opportunities against this inexperienced young cornerbacks. So, I mean, I think this is a good matchup for Darnold to get in a rhythm, get his confidence up for these games coming after. And I don't, I just think as good as their D tackles and linebackers are, it's just hard to mask, you know, a poor set, poor cornerback play in today's game. So I was just thinking here, so we've all acknowledged that our biggest weakness when we got the ball is our interior. So from Big Smooth, I'm going to come to you from a, alignment perspective, you know, what possibly could be done to, you know, from a trench to help that out. And then Will and JD, y'all can let me know, like, what what, what are some possibilities that could be done to uh, help negate that, our obvious weakness, uh, which is, you know, Pat Eflin starting at left guard, Matt Paradis at center, and then we got a, a Dennis Daly coming in at a right guard. Like, big smooth from, from a trench side, can, can anything be done to try to you know, ease the pain of it, or 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 is it is it is what it is, and we just gotta keep our fingers crossed. I mean, yeah, there's a lot that be, that can be done. Um, first off, instead of focusing on what we're weak at, when you do have a weakness like we do, you focus on the strengths. You know, Taylor Bowen is it. You know, Cam Irvin is showing you some promise in the preseason. I'm gonna attack my tackles. I'm gonna run a lot of things to the six and a hole. I'm going to run a lot of things to the five and the seven. I'm going to run off of my strength. So I expect a lot of outside zone from us. I expect for us to run to the outside and exploit their weaknesses. Will mentioned early, there's not much to talk about when it comes to their edges. So I have concerns about them being able to set the edge. I think we'll do a good job of getting to the outside and getting five, seven, nine-yard runs off of that. Let Quentin Williams just do what he does best and get upfield. If we can get outside, we can have a big day. So all we got to do is really just get the, get the run game established. And when you do that, you run off your shrimps. Taylor Moulton was got he, – he got the bag this year. We gave that man a lot of money. So I expect us to run behind him, to be brutally honest with you. Um, L Flame, whatever you want to call that bum, in Irving, they actually have shown the ability to be able to combo block and get to the second level. So – if you use outside runs with them and you get behind them, you should have some success. We're not playing an outstanding football team. They're, they're young. They're trying to grow. I just want to play off our shrimps. I don't want to focus on Paradise, El Flame, the absence of John Miller, putting Daly in. I don't want to focus on that. I want to play to our shrimps. I want to run off of Moten. I want to run off of Irving. I know I sound crazy because I've been a big critic of Irving. But when I've watched this preseason, I've seen the growth. I understand that the coaching is getting to him. He's showing improvement. And one big thing about him, he's been able to play one position all offseason. All he's been learning is left tackle. 
So I think that he's going to have some success. You know, just run off of him. He gets movement. If I can say anything positive about all five guys, when it comes to the run game, they've shown that they get they get movement. Kevin can if you go to Kevin's Twitter, he has clips up there with them guys blowing guys off the ball, three, four, and five yards off the ball. So running the ball is not going to be a problem for us. I don't I don't see it being an issue. So just just play to your strengths. Run off of the run off of the outside. Use your tackles to your advantage. Run off those tackles. I don't think it's going to be a problem like everybody else thinks it's going to be a problem. The problem is when you try to run fullback dives. We don't have a real fullback. We converted somebody from tight end to fullback. We don't have we don't have the personnel to run to the one hole and the two hole. That's not going to happen for us. We got to make our we got to make our money to the outside. We got to run off the tackles. If Joe Brady puts his ego down and does what's best for the team, we should have a lot of success in the run game come Sunday. So, Will, if you were Sam Donald and and you you seeing this quick pressure, like what what you, from a quarterback perspective, uh, you know, is it just as simple as thinking quick passes, or is it more about pocket mobility? Like when you know that you uh, got some heat coming up the middle. From a quarterback perspective, what what do you think would possibly be going through um, Sam Donald's mind to adjust to this interior rush from the Jets? They were going to see in a, a horizontal pass game this week because I think with the Jets' young corners, uh, Sal is probably going to be conservative and want to protect them a lot. They'll play a lot of off coverage, a lot of zone coverage. So I think those quick screens, quick slants, you know, quick hitches, quick outs, see a lot of those to get the ball out of Darnold's hands early so they uh, to help, you know, take the pressure off the O-line. And, I mean, and we'll see, you know, guys, once they make the – Catch now it's the, the showtime, you know, just make guys miss, try to get that yards after catch and keep moving the sticks. So that's kind of what I'm thinking. I mean, I don't see I can't imagine the Jets coming out and trying to match us man to man with that secondary. Um, especially with uh Bryce Hall. He's more of a big zone corner, kind of in that James Bradbury mold cover three type guy. So Josh Norman type guy. So I think, you know, with the heavy zone defense like this, I think we'll see those quick passes from our offense, we just need to have these long, sustained drives. Darnold just needs to be accurate, get the ball to his playmakers, and let them do all the work. Just be a ball, just be the point guard this week. So, J.D., from you, um, since you was talking about all the tight ends, do you think this is something that our, our tight ends can explore when you look at the uh, Jets' outside linebackers and, and safeties? you think that, um, you know, they could be that, you know, quick outlet against the Centura Rush to – um, you know, help ease the pressure off Donald. Yeah, um, and for sure. If, if you if you look at it this way, we've been talking about um, getting the ball out in space quick. I think if you're facing a zone defense, one of the ways you can still keep the defense honest um, is through the seam, and that's one of the quickest um, developing deep concepts you can get is a a seam a, attacking type route. And I think if you get that um, from our tight end group. Um, from a Dan Arnold, I think that's a good sign because that's something we've been missing um, in the past in our offense. We just hadn't had that ability to really attack the seam and have the defense key in on the seam. So I think um, given our circumstances on the O-line, yes, you want to get the ball out fast, but you can't – in, in today's NFL, you can't, you can't just um, 
put all your hand, your 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 coins in that in that in that slot or eggs in that basket that you're gonna be able to make guys miss on the um perimeter and stay ahead of the sticks. Sometimes you're gonna have to take shots. And I think um our shot plays are gonna come from the interior, um, forcing those guys in the middle of their defense to um to to face speed or size mismatches. Yeah, for me, I, I'm really looking forward to um and I just got called like I see it. I'm looking to return return of the Mac. <laughs> C Mac. That's uh, I think he's like an animal that's been in the cage. He thought he might have got a few preseason reps. Um, I'm just ready to see him. I'm just ready to see him just, just, just go off. Just let everybody know, like you know, allow me to reintroduce myself. I've been gone for a year, but I'm back to reclaim my throne as the best back in the game. I'm, I'm really looking forward to, uh, the, to uh, see McCaffrey and just be used in all kind of ways, you know, and really. Um, you know, this also be a good test to see, you know, what kind of rotation at running back. You know, how many how many reps is is McCaffrey going to be off the field when we have the ball? I, unlike last year, I expect our defense to get us extra two or three more possessions than what we didn't get last year. So it'll be good to see, you know, what we've been saying all year. Did we draft Chuba Hubbard, you know, to actually contribute, you know, to the running back game, or is he just someone that's just get the token three to five carries while McCaffrey still gets 90% of the running back reps. So it definitely be interesting to see uh, number one, how McCaffrey plays and two, how much McCaffrey plays. So that'll be my perspective. Yes, brother on the tight ends, keep in mind that linebacker, this is a linebacker, Hanson, Nasir Dean. He's really a safety. Florida State was a safety, a pretty good one too. So he's in there for coverage purposes. So I think that's the guy that they're going to try to match. I mean, he can't guard me. Nobody can guard McCaffrey. But I think that's the guy that they're going to try to put on uh, C-Mac and our tight ends to take those passing routes away because he's there for coverage. I mean, C.J. Mosley is your mic guy. He's going to be the one to, you know, he's a banger. Actually, I don't know how they ever listed it. Mosley the mic or is Davis the mic the way they have it listed. Either way, though, I think uh, Napster Dean's the guy that's going to um, – be their coverage guy to try to match up with our tight ends in the slot, try to match up with our running backs. Maybe they stay in base defense and he can try to guard some of our bigger slot receivers. So that's an interesting uh, pickup they have there, matching them with um, Mosley and Gerard Davis. Because I like this game coming out of college. It was a pretty good safety, but I guess, you know, since he was more of a box type safety, they moved him to linebacker to just help add some coverage skill in that group. So with this third and last segment here, um, you know, let's, you know, our fans have been pretty active here uh, with the comments. So this is part where we now are going to, you know, interact with our fans here. Let me scroll back up here and pick out the good ones here. Maybe something we ain't touch on. No, this, too is, much. This, is what we, this is what we're going to do, Kev. All right. Dom- talk to Dom- Dominic is always super active on our, on our, on our podcast. Okay. So, Dominic, I want you to present a question for us. We won't answer it. Steven, please present a question for us. We won't answer it. And we just want to go down the line. We're doing the Q&A. So we, we care more about the fans than we do ourselves. Right. If you have any questions that you want us to answer, you want to get our opinion on, go ahead and ask. This is for the whole four. Everybody that's tuned in tonight, 
throw some questions at us. Let us try to answer them. Let us give us a, give you an opportunity to see where we're at. Where you you can see where our head is at tonight. This is the Q and A section. Throw all the questions you wanted us, and let us know. You know, let us let us give you let us give you an opportunity to see how we feel about what y'all got to what y'all got to ask. It's like Stephen has a question about RB three. Says is Chuba RB three now with Royce Freeman coming in? I don't think so. I think uh, Chuba went the whole camp as RB two. He knows the offense. He played well in preseason. So I think uh, like anybody, Royce Freeman has to come in and earn his reps. I like his game coming out of Oregon. I think he's a talented player. He gives us another skill set, probably in short yardage situations that we really need. But I think right now, at least at this stage, we should still keep uh, Chuba in there until Royce Freeman does something to beat him out and take his reps. Hey, depth, depth chart positions, they're one in practice. So even though preseason is open, Royce has all the opportunity to win that second position in practice. So Will is right. I'm rolling with Chuba. Chuba's been been here. He had Ricky Minicamp. I'm rolling with him. All right. We got our next question here. Coming from our longtime day one, Jordan Golson. He says, who do you think would be a better left guard instead of Pat Eflin? Uh, I'll answer this one a little bit. Me personally. Um, at left guard, I, shoot. Um, first thing that comes to my mind, I, I would like to see Deontay Brown, even though he still is raw. But if I remember correctly, smooth, I think he was like, even though we've been playing him at right guard here, but I think he was a left guard at Alabama, right? Full-time left guard at Alabama. That's what he did. That's my issue with, that's my issue with rule. Like, it's like positionless basketball, what rule is trying to do. You're drafting a whole bunch of guys, and you're not playing any of them at their natural position. Deontay Browser is an example. He played left guard as long as you can remember. Axel boy Darian. Deontay Brown is a left guard. All his reps have come from right, from right guard. The whole camp. Brady Christensen, you took him in the third round. All of his college reps, period have come from one position, left tackle. But you try him at right guard and right tackle. I don't get it, but I'll let you continue, Ken. Nah, I mean, you pretty much hit the nail on the head. I mean, the reason why I brought up DeAndre Brown because he's truly a a natural left guard. Um, you know, I think I had posted the uh, uh, after the uh, championship game, I think he went his whole three-year career, never gave up, never gave up a sack in three years. Um, and I think that when we did our breakdown on him, I think he was talking about that he definitely, when we drafted him, that, you know, he definitely could use some flexibility to maybe get to that next level and things like that. But, uh, Hey, experience is always the best teacher. I mean, yeah, you still got to get coached up and work on things on your own, but, um, I, I, I like to see, I like to see him earn his stripes on the fire, you know, come out, you know, week one, but obviously, um, you know, <laughs> you know, Matt Rule and, and the offensive line have came to this conclusion that Pat Eflin at left guard is the best choice. We're just fans. I, 
I'm just struggling to take all of my bias away and really see what justifies him getting that position. But like we discussed, sometimes it could just be a matter of football politics, and that's the long and the short of it. That's what I was going to go to, Kev. I think it. I think it's deeper than X's and O's. That's what we look at. We we as four man rush, we all look at X's and O's. We look at what we all specialize in. You know, I'm a trench guy. Did he know? He knows pretty much everything on the back end, and he knows receivers. But I think when it comes to making decisions, you got to bring the business part into it. And I think that's the part that we as four-man rush struggle to to bring into it. I can't see, like, from what I what I watch, I can't see in the slightest bit how Pat Elfling has beat anybody out. Anybody, you could talk left tackle, left guard, right guard, center, right tackle. I don't see how he's beat out anybody. Greg Little had a better camp than Pat Alfred. So will you tell me that Brady Christensen is not starting to left guard? Deontay Brown is not starting to left guard. Dennis Daly is not starting to left guard. Trent Scott is not starting to left guard. I can't believe I can't give our fans an explanation for that. I don't see why not. I think it really comes down to the fact that they pay him real money, not real money, a couple million, but they pay him more than what you pay a rookie to come in and play left guard folks. That's all I can see. I don't see what it is why nobody's beat him out for this position. I think he's going to struggle until we replace him, and that's that. He won't well, listen, six, 17 games in the season, Panther Nation, Pat Elflin is not starting all 17 games. He's going to get replaced by somebody. I just can't give y'all a reason why he's not replaced right now in week one. I don't know why. He's done nothing to show me why he deserves that starting left, left guard position. You know, yeah, he hasn't shown it to me. Can you tell me, Kevin? Can you tell me, J.D.? Can somebody tell me why? I don't see it. I just don't see it. I'm sorry. I don't I don't see it. At all. Nothing you can point out that tells me, oh, you know what? I'm gonna challenge the three of y'all. Y'all tell me something that he does well. I'm gonna go on mute. Tell me something that Pat Elflane does well. I'm gonna go on mute. Um, he goes in reverse pretty quickly. You petty. You petty. I mean, you know, I know it was just Michael Jackson's birthday, but I mean, if there was ever a football version of the moonwalk, you know, that's that 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 Pat F you man, he he got it down pat. <laughs> I mean, he got it down pat, bro. Um <laughs> you know, hey. I I I give, I give Pat this much. He's the only other person that plays center in the NFL on the on the roster. So we got one. We got one other NFL um, experienced center on the roster. That's it. That's Did all he, I got. Sam Sam Tecklenburg, even though he's trash, he had a better cap in preseason than I and than Alpha. Yeah, yes, yeah. That's yes, that's. I agree with you on that. I'm with you on that. All right, fellas, let's get to this next. Yeah, hold up. They gotta be the money, right? Gotta be real with me. They gotta be. The, they gotta be. The fact that we signed him first day of free agency. Right? 
That's why he's still in the roster, right? Please, I, I, I promise you. Me. I promise you, it's a pride thing because he they like okay. we 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 won a, a free agency. They went out and got Cam Irvin okay. and Pat F line. So I promise you, it's a pride thing. I promise you. All right, that's all I want. I just want to make sure I'm not crazy. It's R it's R okay. it's R S score thing. That's what I'm looking at it as. You know, they them scores. K A K. The film was so trash. I never looked at his RES score. I didn't care. I don't know. I don't know. Excuse my language. I don't give a fuck what his 40 time is. I don't care what his bench. I don't care. I don't care what he reps in the bench. He's garbage. Let's move on. I'm going to get upset. He's faster pass blocking backwards than he is running forward run blocking. I'm going to get upset. Let's move on. Oh, whoa. I'm going to get angry. That's why I'm, that's why I'm laughing hey, and having a good time. We get angry. Hey, let's, let's ask our fans' question. Hey, another one of our A1s, Bill Spire. What up, Bill? Bill, my partner at training camp. Bill says, knowing the Jets' offensive tendencies, uh, do do we mostly do we okay? Mo- are we going to be okay mostly with three forward at the linebackers, or do we play a majority of the four three? Um, Will, I want you to tackle that one for me because uh, you did a film breakdown of the Panthers. Four three and three four, you know Tennessee. So, um, what do you think line up against this Jets offense? Thirty fronts, forty fronts. What, what what should be the line of attack? I think you'll see both. I mean, Phil Snow's multiple. He's gonna mix it up, use various you know different personnel packages. I think the big thing, you know, you know, it's a th- it's a thirty front, but it's not a two gap system. It's all of them are one gap systems. So I, I think it's more run like a four three, no matter what the front is. You're not gonna see us have three big you know, 300-pound defensive tackles in there, two-gapping. You know, when Derek, when we're in that 30 front, it's still everybody has one gap. Derek Brown's got a gap. Daquan Jones has a gap. Reddick, Burns, Shaq, and Jermaine Carter all have a gap responsibility. It's not a two-gap system where your defensive tackles have to, you know, have to occupy two, you know, the, a, the nose tackle takes the A gap on both sides, and that guy gets the two gaps there. So either way, everybody's going to be responsible for a gap. We just have to have gap discipline. I think we'll be multiple. I'd like to see more speed on the field to get after Zach Wilson, considering his ability to extend plays, things like that. So I'd rather have, you know, Reddick on the field rather than not. So probably we'll see more of a odd fronts to keep Reddick and Burns on the field at the same time. Because I don't really see Reddick as a hand-in-the-dirt guy. I think, you know, when you look at his – reps in Arizona, he's a liability against the run. But, I mean, he's 230 pounds. What do you expect? You don't want Makai Becton lined up against Hassan Reddick in the run game. I'd audible right there and run off tackle all day if I see that. So, I think you want to see – I think we'll see a lot of odd fronts just to have more speed on the field. But you have to mix it up depending on what what down and distance and things like that. Rundowns, you want Morgan Fox out there. So, maybe go to the 4-3. Pass downs, you can take move Fox inside, bring Reddick in, take Jones out. You just see a lot of different combinations Phil Snow will use. Yeah, one thing that um, I heard in the Matt Rule press today, I didn't know if you guys caught it, we had posted in the four-man rush uh, page, he said the, the first couple of series, they, they're going to try to have the guys prepare for a little bit of any and everything because you really, truly don't know what you're going to see. He's like, you know, they watch some 49ers film and obviously in the preseason, but he said truth of the matter is, you know, you know they that's their first game with a new coach, so they're 
they're going to have, you know, an, an initial advantage as far as, you know, what type of, you know, plays and, you know, style what they try to establish. So, you know, don't get over alarmed or panic. You know, the Jets' first offensive series, you know, they come out and they're doing things and we're kind of, you know, not ready to, not ready for it because, again, you know, it's, it's, it's less film on what they do versus film on what we do. So just something to keep an eye on. I think we still have an advantage. And to also answer uh, Bill's question, I think Frankie Louisville makes the, the difference here because he's shown that he's, he, was the, he was the most, I would say, successful player when it came to the preseason. He did everything right. He was good in coverage. He was good in the run game. And he was elite when it came to pass rushing. So I think that you're going to try to get him involved. I think you're going to try to do things to make sure that he's an advantage for us. This is also a get-back game for him. He came from the Jets. So you might see a lot of 30 fronts this game. That's just my two cents on it. All right. All right, got this next question here from Joshua Hundley. J.D., I'll let you um, tackle this. You know, I'll let you get in the dirt with me and uh, Big Smooth on this one. Uh, he says, Dennis Daly, should it be – he says, Dennis Daly should be left guard. Deontay should be right guard. I know we was talking about Deontay's natural left guard, but uh, how do you feel about that combination on the interior? It's a little bit of an issue because both Dennis Daly and Deontay um, from college to now, most of their experience is coming from left guard or the left side of the O-line. So I think I'm okay with um, Pat Eflon being replaced by – by a guard, by either one of them, really. Um, but I, I don't think I, I don't think long term John Miller is going to be out of the lineup for long. Um, but for a single game, I think if we could see either one of them outperform Pat F line, we're, we're trending in the right direction. All right, Smooth, this one's for you because you, you brought up earlier about how we haven't had nastiness since this guy left. Uh, again, it says, Deontay Brown gives me Andrew, I don't know if he's saying this as a joke or just misspelled it, but not well vibes. No well vibes, but... Uh, yeah, it's a joke. It's a joke, and I get it. I get it. Trust me, I get the joke. <laughs> <laughs> autocorrect. That's autocorrect. You mean Norwell. Yeah, he, he's talking about Norwell, but... There's an autocorrect on his phone. When we talk about Norwell, what Norwell brought to the table was what I was trying to get out of this past draft. I just wanted nastiness. I wanted somebody that was going to come out and punch people in the face because the way I was taught, I played football since I was five years old. What my dad taught me was, listen, when you step in between those lines, this is the only opportunity that you get to punch somebody in the face and not go to jail for it. And what's sad is that a lot of players don't play with that mentality. Andrew Norwell was one of those guys where he just, he brought that nastiness every single week. If you go back and watch Deontay Brown's tape, he brings that every single week. You can tell that he went through something in his childhood. The way he plays the game, he's nasty every play. The problem that I have with Deontay Brown, though, he's not consistent. And he, he comes off as a lazy guy to me. 
I want him to get out of that because I think he has the ability to be an every down starter for 10 years at least. So I need him to bring out that nastiness. Somebody has to bring us what Andrew Noel brought us. We haven't had it for five years, guys. Taylor Moulton, you just gave him a lot of money. Taylor Moulton is a great right tackle in the National Football League. He does a lot of things well. He does a lot of things good. But he doesn't do anything elite. And one thing he doesn't bring to the table, he don't bring nastiness. We don't have nobody on our offensive line that's going to punch somebody in the face every opportunity that they get. So we can only hope, Josh, that Deontay Brown is that guy. <laughs> We're hoping that Deontay Brown is that guy that's going to punch you in the face every opportunity that he gets. He's a Bama guy. So to answer your question, we're hoping that he gives you Andrew Noel vibes. Honestly, we're hoping that. But I don't. it's not guaranteed right now because Kevin just did a breakdown recently. Everything is up and down with him. He has a great play, and he has a weak play. Great play, then a trash play. Great play, then a garbage play. We want to see him give you great, 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 great all the way down the line. He hasn't done that yet. But is he better than Pat Elfman? Yeah, he's he's better. Every look, I, what do we will? What do we keep? Ten offensive linemen or nine? Yeah, nine. Yeah. We kept nine. Listen, eight guys are better than Elfman. That's just the fact of the matter. Regardless of who we kept, all eight guys are better than him. So whoever it is, they're going to be better than him. That's the answer to that question. I don't remember we covered this earlier when we was talking about the Jets offense, but uh, Bill brought it up, said just saw that Jets wide receiver Jamison Crowley is out with COVID. Yeah, we covered that. We spoke we about that. Okay. About that. Okay, I just want to make sure. Just want to make sure. All right. Uh, we'll switch this up here. Dominic says, is there anything wrong with being conservative on offense for this game? Or should we come out like Rambo? <laughs> I heard this name in a while. Rambo for the first game. Um, I'll share my opinion on this here. Uh, because because of what, what's been said, that you know Robert Saleh is probably going to try to protect his young secondary, a lot of zone, uh, you know, because I think it would be I think it would be detrimental to their health if they try to play a lot of man cover one against us. So with that being said. Knowing that their tendency is going to be heavy on the zone side for this first game, I, I like to see us not be conservative. Um, now, don't get too damn cute either, but obviously, don't be afraid to you know put pressure where where you know it's going to leak at. And I, I definitely think that by the the Jets defense on the back end is going to be doing a lot of zone, um, a lot of zoning. I think that's going to be a good opportunity. Uh, for us to be able to take advantage, not only with the pass, but the run. Um, you know, for all of our talking about, you know, the interior and the weakness, you know, if you if you decide to just get a seven-man front against Christian McCaffrey, because you want to play your secondary, all right, bet. <laughs> like J.D. like to say, all right, bet. Let's let's roll. You, you, you let me. Now, whether we do it with one back, two back, full back, H back, or whatever, 
I, I like Christian McCaffrey uh, against anybody's, you know, seven man front. If that's what you're going to do to try to protect your, uh, protect your uh, secondary here. So, um, you know, that's the time and place to be aggressive and that's the time and place to be conservative, but, but for the, um, to be predominantly conservative for this game. Nah, nah, we, we got to air that bitch out. You know, we got to take our shots. We, you know, we can't be timid. We got to put pressure. We, we, we gotta, we gotta expose what would be the truth. Yeah. We're talking about this secondary young, but let's show why we said this, that let it be shown. Hey, this is why the foreman rush said the jet secondary was young, you know? So, you know, don't be surprised if two of those three receivers that's a big smooth time early to my big gains have a hundred yard game. I could see DJ Moore and Robbie having a hundred yards this game. What about y'all? Easily. To be yeah, I, mean, I don't think it makes sense to be conservative considering the biggest weakness on their defense is their cornerbacks. That's who you want to attack all game long. Uh, I think yeah. what Joe Brady does very well is scheme guys open. So he's in a cover three, put pressure on him. So he's questioning his zone assignment and take advantage of that. Playing cover four, again, scheme that route combination, get the corner confused so he doesn't know what his assignment is and have those coverage break down. You, know, you got to attack these young corners all game long any way you can especially considering the strength is in the interior. So I'm not going to run at Quentin Williams all day. You know, I'm going to attack these young corners. I'm going to run off tackle and, you know, run play action, get them peeking in the backfield, you know, and try to make these explosive plays. Is Robert Soleil, is he truly going to be head coach or is he kind of like going to be like uh, calling a defense too or does he got a defensive coordinator that, that he trusts to, um, to do all of this? You guys have any idea? He got a DC. You got a DC, okay. But to to be honest with you, it don't matter to me. If if y'all have been following Robbie Anderson since he's been the Panther, like if you follow him on social media, Twitter, Instagram, whatever, and you have, you have an understanding of the type of person he is, this game means a lot to him. He felt like the Jets, as an organization, did him wrong. He has a lot of bad blood towards the Jets organization as a whole. He's coming out to kill. He's bringing the 40 Glock out. Like he, he's coming out to murder. So if anybody has a big game this Sunday, it's going to be Robbie Anderson, bro. Every opportunity that he has to make a play, he's going to make a play. You put them bum-ass rookies that y'all been talking about on him, he's going to abuse them. Robbie Anderson is going to have a big game. DJ Moore going to have a big game because DJ is just DJ. I don't think it's a lot of people that could just – damn, like, I, I, I just got a curse on this, on this podcast tonight. There's not a lot of people that can fuck with DJ, period. Y'all understand what I'm saying. It's not a lot of guys that could just fuck with DJ. But Robbie – Robbie's coming out with a with a purpose. He's going to be upset. He hasn't been able to play the Jets since he's been in another uniform. He got a lot of he has a lot of messages to send to that Jets front office. He wants the owner to know. He wants the fans to know that you fucked up. And it's just that simple. JD going like this because JD understand what I'm saying. Dog, dog, look, y'all thought, y'all thought, y'all thought Robbie put them permanent grills in just to be cute, bro. He coming after. <laughs> he trying, he trying to drag them out by their toenails. He trying to have blood and guts game, bro. Yeah, I'm trying to tell y'all, 
Look, <laughs> Rob, Robbie going to be crazy. Robbie, Robbie is trying to hit a lick, but he's going to pull up in some black forces, I promise you. He I come in some black forces, bro. He putting black gloves on. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm telling he's you, he's not trying to leave no evidence, none of that. Robbie is about to come and put niggas in blankets. And that's it. My bad for the language, Panther Nation. It was just there was no other way for me to express how Robbie Anderson is about to come to this game on Sunday. If you can be excited about anybody, it's not CMC. It's not Sam Darnold. It's not Derrick Brown. It's not Brian Burns. It's not J.C. Horn. It's not Dante. It's Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson is about to go crazy. He's going crazy this Sunday. Just watch. That's all I got to say. All right. That's not a question, but a statement here. If you guys want to tackle it, feel free. From William Caldwell, someone I know personally, he says, Rule looking more and more like he can't coach in the NFL. O-line sucks year two. Um, any Anybody want to offer a rule? What you want me to disagree? <laughs> hey. What you want me to disagree with you? Hey, I'm just I'm putting it out there. Wait, 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 wait. I'm trying to understand what William is trying to accomplish. Like, I'm not going to disagree with you. Everything <laughs> you said was on point. <laughs> I'm not going to go as far as saying he can't coach in the NFL. I feel like you got to give a guy three years, three three seasons to see that. Like, three three good years. But the way the old line has been looking from since he's been here till now, I just feel like, eh, I'm not, I'm not sold. So you, you might be on to something. I, I agree with you, like, damn near a thousand percent, but there's still that chance that we might be wrong. He might know what he's doing because you see so much. It, it's a lot of things that I like about Rue. I like I like the athleticism that he's brought to the field on offense and defense. I like the guys that he's brought to the locker room. I think they're really, really good for our locker room. When they come down to what I know and what you're talking about, the trenches, O-line specifically, I don't think he knows what the hell he's doing. And the thing that's bad about that is that He's from Tom Coughlin Street. He came from the Giants. They were known for having a solid offensive line. He was an offensive line coach. That's what's bothering me about the situation. I don't think that I don't think we so I don't think we're doing the right things when it comes to the trench. This is that simple. Trench wise, we're not doing the right thing. Everything else, I'm sold. But trench wise, we look bad. All right, this next one from Jay Marbs. He says, um, do you see Luvu getting getting down in the dirt or strictly outside linebacker? Also, will Chin be a safety, or do you guys see him shifting to outside linebacker like he did last year? This is another me question, Kev. My bad. So uh, when it comes to Frankie Luvu, I got a cousin that used to scout for the Jets. He's now the defensive assistant for, for the Temple Owls. Um, his name is Salim Powell. But he told us about Louisville a while ago. And when we signed him, he said, yo, that's a good pickup. Louisville was capable of putting his hand in the dirt or standing up as an outside linebacker. He's great at getting to the quarterback. He's also great in coverage. He's also great in run fits. So 
I think the signing of him was just like, you know what? If Reddick is not good, who can I put in his place that's going to be able to have the same skill set? I think Louisville is that guy that you can you compare to like a Hassan Reddick. He can do every, he can do it all. So I'm gonna answer that part, Kev. I'll let you finish the rest. Jeremy Chen got to play everywhere. I think the reason they moved him to free safety this year is because he took a beating his rookie year playing in the box. Think about what he got to do in the box. He got to take on, you know, guards trying to get to the second level. Got to take on fullbacks, tight ends, and that run support. And it's just a wear and tear on your body. So I think he'll still play a little bit in there, but you want to move him to free safety so he can play sideline to sideline do what he does best and not take as much of a beating like he did his rookie year. I think another good thing that we saw this preseason is the depth we have at safety. So if we do move um, Chen away, um, you saw guys like Sean Chandler. Um, you saw guys like Sam Franklin step up all, um, all, all preseason. So I think that, that puts us at ease. And I think the reason why they moved them back in the first place is because you look at a guy like uh, Trey Boston, who, doesn't take great angles most of the time in run fits. Um, struggle dropped several um, game-changing INTs. Um, just struggled in general. They move on from him. Now you have a void there. So um, I think I think we're still going to see we're in a position now that Chin would still be a multiple player and be able to move all around the field. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that the key to Chin is to like let them play safety, whether you know mix it up depending on you know free or strong, um, and then just pick and choose when to you know put them in linebacker. Um, you know, I, I personally I don't see anybody on the Jets, and y'all can point out that would be a concern for us to quote have to seek Chin on. You know, whether it's a tight end or, or whether it's a running back. Um, you know, the time I see that we probably see Chin more in the box is probably. Uh, we uh, he has to go up against um, Kyle Pitts when we play Atlanta in October. You know, I think we'll probably see Chen in a box more, depending on how the Falcons tend to use him at that time. But uh, for this week, I, I see I, I can see him pretty be in the box. You know, a few reps, but I, mostly I see him, like you said, in the back. You know, in the back end of the defense. Uh, you know, covering and you know making plays in the open field. So we'll see. All right, another one of our longtime faithers, Ian Ruther. He says, I need Sam Donald to show that killer instinct versus former team. If this is real guy. We need him to come out like Rambo with the play calls. I know we talked a little, you know, we spoke about Sam Donald a little bit, but uh, I like the fact that what I read earlier, and I don't know if you guys checked it out, that um, I don't know if it was Joe Brady, but one of the offense coaches, uh, was talking to Brady about this week, and he said, nah, this is not a revenge game for me. He said, this is week one for me. And for me, I like that mind frame. You know, you focus on the opponent. You're not focused on revenge. Now, as fans and media, yeah, hype it up. I think that's probably one of the reasons why they made this game week one. Oh, Sam Donald against his former team. You know, oh, Robbie Anderson against, you know, their former team. Um, you know, obviously from the Jets side, it can't be talking about, oh, Greg Van Roten against his former team. You know, I don't think <laughs> I don't think that's gonna make the front page of the New York Times per se. But um yeah, personally I, I I like the mind frame, you know, that Sam Donald appears to be going into it. Again, I'm not ashamed to say it. I wasn't happy with the trade when we uh when we had it. Um, but since he's the guy, 
he's definitely gonna get my full support. Um, but I just I got my rights to just reserve off on you know you know saying that he's the one. He's gotta he's gotta show it to me. Does he have the talent and potential to put it up? Hell yeah, because we've seen enough fan where he's done it. We just didn't, we just haven't seen it consistently. So for me, um, I think that even though he has that mind frame, it would go a long way to establish like, fellas, let's just say just for conversation, things go well. And he chucks up a little over 300 yards, about three TDs versus the jets. And like you said, smooth, we win like 28 to seven, you know, Sam Donald having that type of game against his former team, you know, he'll try to play it off. I think that could be something that could really get his confidence going that can, you know, have us, have us, you know, going into, um, you know, going into these games in the first part of the season here. So I definitely think it's important for Sam Donald to definitely, um, you know, try, not try to win it on his own. Definitely use his, you know, skilled players, use McCaffrey, use Arnold, use the wide receivers. But um, I definitely think the opportunity is there for him to really uh, take advantage and rack up some numbers. He may never publicly admit it, but deep down, it's a part of him that's like, yeah, I want to kick their ass, you know? I feel like we're going to learn more from this game about Joe Brady and our offense than we will from Sam Darnold. Um, I want to see, like last year, for example, um, I, I just as a little side project, I wanted to make sure people put stuff in context. I looked at how often we took shots or how often we were seeking shot plays um, early on in the, in the games, and it was not often. Um, it was oftentimes until the second half when we started to be more aggressive because we were forced to because we were behind on the scoreboard and we just needed to get our offense going. So I think to a degree, I want to see more um, more attacking from our our side, especially if you got guys like Robbie, DJ, Terrace Marshall. We, since we have the talent to do it, I feel like we should attack more. But I also want to see smart plays. So I think. Finding that balance for Joe Brady is going is going to tell us a lot more about um, how our offense is progressing and how our play calling is progressing than actual than the actual quarterback. All right. Any more, any more fan questions? I think Kev on mute. Oh, my bad, fellas. So, um, so Will, I was gonna throw this one at you. I was saying that um uh Xavier Tuffy says, I saw Hubbard got the nod for kit returner, but since David Moore is gone, who's doing punt return? Um I think it'll be Shy Smith or Brandon Zilster. And to me, man, I mean, it'd be nice to get some Explosive plays on punt return. First things first, catch the ball. I trust Zilster to catch the ball and secure it. So as long as he can do that, I'm happy. But, I mean, be careful. Shai Smith's explosive and can make plays as well. So if he's healthy, I think he'll get some opportunities there as well. If either of those guys can't go, we did just sign Alec Erickson to our practice squad today. So that'll probably be close to a game-time decision. Um, but, yeah, he, he returned kicks for um, – for the Bengals for a while and had ripped off some good games. So I think that's what they're going to move with as the backup plan.
And it's uh, funny you mentioned Shy Smith because I wasn't even aware of this. I ought to bring it up here. It says, uh, Dominic says, is Shy still hurt? I never really got the injury report. Um, did anyone catch, happen to see what the injury report is for us? Injury uh, was Tuesday, isn't it? Yeah, okay. Yeah, it usually is. I, I didn't know. If, yeah, I didn't know if Rule um, maybe said or mentioned anything today, but I think the uh, first injury report does come out on uh, Tuesday. So we'll definitely find out. I know you was mentioning him about as a Oscar pump turn. So I'm thinking, oh, snap. Did they say he was uh, cleared and good to go? Um, got one more question here. Wrap this up. Um, from Freddie Figueroa, who, by the way, Freddie, it was a pleasure meeting you after the uh, after the Ravens game. So just want to make it, make it known. Uh, Freddie says, "Where is Roy Treeman going to fit on this fifty three fifty three man roster? I don't think he's much of a special teams player." Um, anybody want to tackle this one? By he, he I mean, he's a physical runner. I think he has a different skill set in the backfield that we don't have. I mean, we struggle to pound the ball in the red zone. You know, I mean, McCaffrey and um, Chuba, they're not going to drag bodies with them in the red zone like that. From, so I think he can offer that. Honestly, though, I mean, let's be real. How many reps do we expect these backup running backs to really get? As much as they want to preserve McCaffrey, you don't want to come off the field. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, we're excited yeah, about the same thing with CJ Anderson. Yeah, CJ Anderson, yeah, Davis. Um, Reggie Bonifant. Uh, I mean, it's it's good. It sounds good on paper. We want to reduce CMC's workload. We want to get him some rest. We want to preserve him. But if he don't want to come off the field, they're not going to drag him off the field. So I think um, if CMC gets hurt, I think you'll see a split back system with Chuba and Royce Freeman. But expect McCaffrey to get his 25, 30 touches. Weekly a game <laughs> a week. <laughs> no, Expect sick. that. Look, if he not if he not RB two by some point this season, it was a it was a it was no point in it. That's how I, I view it. It was just no point in doing it because you're not getting special teams from him. You so the get, pick up or a trade? It was it was a uh, I think it might have been. A, let me see. It's a waiver pick up. Yeah, he was a waiver waiver pick up. Yeah, he got he gonna have to be he gonna have to iron out that that CJ Anderson, uh Mike Davis type backup role for me for it to make sense to me because I would have just rolled with Uber or somebody else. I would have rolled with what we had. <laughs> Real talk. To be honest, everything that we had on the roster was good enough for me. I mean, I still can't I still can't get on splash while we let Trent Cannon go. I mean to me, I think he was our best returner, whether it was punt or kickoff. Um, but hey, who, 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 who can say what was the logic behind that? But um, man, I my, get my, whole, my whole thing. Behind, I get oh, the wait, behind Royce Freeman, but he just hadn't been productive. He averaged two point two. What he averaged last year? He averaged um. He averaged what three point eight yards per carry. 4.9. He had a good season last year. He only had 35 touches. He just hadn't been very productive since he came in the league. He hasn't really lived up to expectations. I mean, his best year was his rookie year when he fumbled the ball five times. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. He had five touchdowns. He only fumbled once. So, I mean, he, I mean, he's got his share of touches. 130 carries in his first two seasons. Then his workload went down significantly last year. I think it might. that's when they signed Melvin Gordon, right? In 2020. They did sign Melvin Gordon. 
So his workload went away that year. But, I mean, he's been productive, man. I mean, he had 500 yards his first two seasons, you know, five, four touchdowns. You know, he averages uh, about four yards a carry. So, hey, we'll see if they use him I want to get that money to Cam. <laughs> it's that simple to me. I want to get that money to Cam, bro. He's not a big like. What I'm trying to say is, Royce Freeman is not a big addition as far as what we have and what we're capable of. There's nothing that he does that none of the backs that we brought to camp can't do. So, I think that's a non-story. I ain't trying to. I ain't trying to knock you, Freddie, but. I don't think Royce is going to have a big role in this offense, is what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, all he brings is what he's big. He's six feet, 240, but, I mean, he can move a little bit, but, again, how many reps is he really going to get? You got to ask yourself. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and for me, I mean, the whole thing with McCaffrey, I mean, I get it. As fans, you know, we don't want to, you know, limit. I mean, but like I said, if he's hot, if he's getting five, six yards a pop, and they can't stop it, then, yeah, that's just going to be one of them games where, you know, we're going to feed that monster. Um, obviously, you know, if, if our blocking is that good, he's getting like that, sure, we like to rotate the backs uh, to get in. I, I just think it just has to do more so with the flow of the game as far as um, the usage. But at the end of the day, this man had a year off. Uh, he ain't getting no preseason, so he's going to want to get out. I, I think what Rue and Brady going to have to do is, like, don't let McCaffrey's you know, outdo himself. Like, I'm not saying restrain him, but I'm definitely saying to just kind of, you know, kind of just, you know, corral him a little bit, you know, these first couple of games to just, um, you know, see how, he, you know, see how he, let him get them first few licks, them first few good hits on him. I see a lot of people bringing up Mike Davis. I mean, it is a good comparison. They have a similar type of physical running style, but Look at the games Mike Davis played when McCaffrey was healthy. You know, the Raiders game, he got no carry. Tampa game, week two, one carry for one yard. McCaffrey came back a little bit for the Kansas City Chiefs game in week nine, one carry for three yards. So when McCaffrey was healthy, Mike Davis was getting one touch. <laughs> so let's not get too excited about these backup running backs. Well, hopefully we'll see, you know, what post-injury running back reps look like versus pre-injury. Because before then, you know, McCaffrey have, you know, have been durable, had not missed a game. So we'll just see if, if how that plays out. But, um, but yeah, it looks like we don't run through all the uh, all of our fans' questions here. Um, I definitely want to thank all of our fans who jumped in. I know we didn't put out no announcement that we were doing this on Monday nights, but uh, this is a new chapter for the four-man rush. Uh, so, Monday nights at 9 o'clock, 9-ish, 9-15-ish time frame, um, that's going to be when we're going to start uh, doing these live podcasts and interacting with you guys. So, definitely make sure that you adjust your your calendar to be like, oh, it's not Tuesday at 9 now, it's going to be Monday at 9, so Monday at 9 o'clock is going to be the new time for the four-man rush. Here, definitely, we're going to, you know, be talking about the game that just happened the day before and, and you know, make sure that we give it to you guys as the way that we can and as far as where we break it down, analysis, stats, you know, what what plays decided the game, who 
who fucked up, who did a hell of a job, all of that. So, so put it down. Mondays from here on out, nine o'clock. Catch the Foreman Rush live. Uh, I see y'all. Uh, I see y'all Sunday. Sunday post game. I see y'all here. Definitely. Will you got anything to say? Wrap it up. Back, you know, ready to start the season, man. Let's get it go. Week one. <laughs> Yo, y'all get hyped, man. Panther Nation. It's, it's game week. Let's get it. JD's in. Because I'm tired. I'm fucking tired. Oh, okay. JD, what up? Nah, bro. I'm just ready. To, I'm ready to get at it, man. I've been doing these grades and stuff. We got some new grades. Look, we, we, we ready to bring the pain this season, bro. We on it. We on y'all neck. And I need y'all to rock with us. Yeah. And I'm going to wrap it up and be like, the four-man rush was definitely sponsored. I see one of our fans brought it up. Uh, yes, we're still sponsored by Manscaped. Um, you know, we ain't going to tell you nothing no different. You know, if you're a four-man rush fan and you ain't got Manscaped, you're doing yourself a disservice. Um, go to the website, manscaped.com. Put in our promo code um, for Manscaped 20. And, you know, get that 20% off your shipping, um, 20% off the price, and get that free shipping. Um, I mean, if you ain't manscaping, what you doing with yourself? You know, I'm just going to pretty much leave it at that. But, yeah, but fans, we appreciate you guys coming and checking us out tonight. Uh, like I said, we just we had to shake things up and do things a little bit different. But we want to make sure that we still give you guys exactly what you want. So, on behalf of all my partners here tonight. Big Smooth, a.k.a. Larry, a.k.a. Lawrence. It's game week. Get excited. It's game week. One and all. Game week. Let's go. A.k.a. Mr. Side Chick, still your girl, side piece. (laughs) And on behalf of Will, doing his thing down there in the lovely beaches of of South Beach in Miami, and J.D., of course, our, you know, aspiring four-man rush, hopefully, you know, leading the bigger things in, in this field. Proud graduate. Oh, yeah. Speaking of, didn't we add one of your uh, grad and then we grab one of your alumni to the team? Shout out to Daryl Johnson. Yes, sir. I already know. NCANT, Aggie Pride. We got we got a Howard alumni call right now. And, <laughs> and, and he can't he can't relate. So uh I'm gonna leave him down in there in Miami or whatever he at. Doing whatever he's doing, drinking whatever he's drinking. But you already know it's Aggie Pride over this side. So you trying to say Howard didn't want no smoke, huh? They still don't want no smoke, beloved. Hey man, no matter what y'all do, we still the Mecca. So I remember that. Uh-huh. Okay, I'm 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 gonna ask Jr. and see what he thinks. And our homecoming better. Cap not. Well, cap. No, I was thinking about our lineup this year, but that, that that's besides the point. Hey, didn't Big drop a rap about how we're homecoming? <laughs> Look, that was before. That was when everything was tricky. Y'all had brick cell phones back then. He ain't know no better. Yep. All right. Well, like I said, we appreciate you guys joining the Foreman Rush. Catch us again Sunday. After the game, the game starts at 1 o'clock. So definitely make sure you catch us uh, post-game. And, you know, hopefully we're talking about how we want to know. 
how the Panthers look good and no significant real injuries to talk about. And, and um, yeah, that's what we're looking forward to. So, again, thanks for tuning in Foreman Rush. We'll catch y'all on the – we'll catch you guys out on social media. Take it, take it easy out there, and y'all stay safe. And the main thing, what a rush. <laughs>